0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, a CBS Sports podcast I am Mike as welcoming in Chris Anderson Chris we set the world on fire Saturday by not podcasting the volume of people who contacted me like what's going on is something happening what should I infer from you not doing the podcast after the game me well thank you I appreciate it Uh, and then I pointed them in the direction of your two podcasts doing the
1: extra work. At least somebody was working hard Saturday. Well, the problem was I didn't I didn't put them in the podcast feed. I think I only got them up on YouTube before I had to had to get going. Yeah, but I <clears throat> the amount of people who contacted you asking what was going on was probably equivalent to the number of people who contacted me and were like we don't want to listen to just you. Where's Mike? Oh. So, um <laughs> I think it's best if we get back to our usual routine here and have the two of us talk together. Yeah. If
0: something bad happens, we're going to podcast. It won't be, you know what? They just fired the football coach. We should take the day off. Right. I mean, maybe we even have one prepared just in case that does happen sooner than later. And maybe that's where we start today, Chris, we did not talk Saturday. Um, I've been refining this take for a few days since then in your absence. Are you ready? Yes, please. It was not a good look Saturday that was that was well refined I just less is more. I wanted to let it speak you know on
1: its own. I don't think I have to add a lot of adjectives but no i think i think I think you added plenty in your story on Saturday night because it, like everything in there was correct like it it was the epitome of the era um what went right, what went wrong. Like you said, the guys play hard. The players care for the coaches, despite what some people may think. But just the mistakes and how and what it was like at one point, you know, I was surprised that that happened. Are you surprised? Shouldn't be surprised that that happened because it always happens. Um, But it Saturday was was as much as people might have got excited for the previous week with Oklahoma. Like, they should be just as down about what they saw on Saturday against Kansas State. I'm not going to do this exercise,
0: but I have seen it performed, and it's, it does somewhat interest me. But if you go through the teams that Neil Brown has beaten, they're not very good. No. And, and some of them have, like, backup quarterbacks or the backup backup quarterback. And I say that because, hey, unprecedented win against Oklahoma. That's going to be like a 7-5 and five team. So that's that's curious. Great win against Baylor. Um Baylor six and five. So just things like that. And then, you know, that's not to denigrate the accomplishments of that day, but you do wonder sometimes that what's actually being accomplished versus what's being pitched as accomplishments there. Don't have to worry about that on Saturday. That one was you know Chris, here's the weird part. I don't want to say it was over, but it was 14-nothing, like three minutes into the game, and all those first quarter, first half splits and all the slow starts that we've kind of been I would say just kind of drilling into people for a while now seem completely relevant, but to the point about playing hard, they get right back in it. And then the simplest thing, the most automatic thing this year is a kick from Casey like to tie the game. Doesn't happen because they forget they score. They're running people onto the field in the PAT, the team that always burns timeouts for trivial matters decides not to, they miss a PAT. And he's like, well, that sounds about right. And then it just never gets right after that. The drive to start the second half is bad. And, I'm an aficionado on this, Chris. It's it's a, a passion project of mine, but I love rubbernecking when a coach is in trouble because it's just bizarre to look from the outside in and sometimes to be on the inside. When a program is going down, the spiral is pulling everybody and everything in with it, and people just begin to act strange and do strange things. And that was one of those games on Saturday up until after the game where Brown – One says that they run the ball against Kansas State like no one else had. Well, that's not true because they've given up some huge running games. Kudos to West Virginia for running the ball. Um, First half was a weird game because there's some things there that you don't often see. Well, that's not true because we've seen a lot of those things before, including the extremely quizzical decision to call a timeout before a kicker has to hurry a 53-yard field goal at the end of the half. And then maybe the weirdest thing of all, Chris, And again, another feather, I think, in the cap that Neil Brown may wear as long as he's here, he's very protective of his players. Sometimes saying that, hey, we ran the ball against him like no one else has, and hey, you've never seen us make mistakes like we did in the first half. Not so to Charles Woods. Even coming out of his shoes there and saying, I try to protect these kids. However, he shut it down. I don't remember him talking like that about somebody apart from Akeem Mesidor which again is an extreme example here, but when he thought he had to do something to protect his team, his staff, his program, his players. But quite quite a well, they didn't tie the bow in the season, but your finger is in between the spot
1: where the bow meets and you're just waiting for them to come and loop this thing at the end. And I found it interesting that that Neil Brown on Thursday night in his radio show also was I believe he was questioned about, you know the the transfers and the reasons and he pointed out you know hey I've only I don't like to talk about people transferring I've only talked about Akeem Messador, kind of like you just said there and he said he just but there are reasons that guys leave that people don't know and it could be grades it could be um, you know getting in trouble just being third fourth string no spot for playing time and they they leave and everybody assumes the worst but he doesn't you know he's not going to dog the kid and I get it. That's admirable because you are supposed to be the adult and, you know, they're a kid. I mean, even though they are 20, 22 in some time, in some instances, but at some point, I feel like you have to defend yourself. You have to try to get the truth out there because I think, you know, with the Charles Wood situation and even the Ben Wahad situation, I mean, those are their choices to leave. But just come out like, hey, they quit on the team. Like they just stop showing up. Like They're not practicing. They're not doing this stuff. They're out. And, and there's other instances where, you know, you and I have known that a player has gotten in trouble for legal reasons, things outside of the world of college football and literally is not allowed to be with the team or even on campus. And they still won't say anything. They still won't say this isn't our fault. Like, This guy's leaving because he got in trouble and can't be here anymore. That like, man, like you're almost protecting these kids to a fault. And and at some point you got to step up and defend yourself because there were, there, there has been some guys transferring. And again, this is what I was talking about on the board the other day. There are guys that transfer and it's like, Hey, they just, you know, fourth string on the depth chart. Like they're not going to play. They're going to go back home and play at a smaller school and that's it but nothing gets addressed about it. Like, I don't think you need to address like those situations, but when that happens time and time again, and then somebody gets in trouble and literally can't play, is not legally allowed to play. And then they leave and they're a good player, but you just let it go. And then you have people that just take that and run. Like, you know, you and I sit here and know the truth and we've kind of let our members know. And then others will just, ah, this is it. 18 different transfers. It's like man, you got to at some point you got to come out and say something to defend yourself.
0: Yeah, maybe too little, too late on the overall thing there, but not too late for this situation. Um you can Google this best cornerback Big 12. They were certainly talking up Charles Woods as such before the year started. I don't mean this as a negative to him, but he just didn't play a ton last year. He got limited experience in the Big 12 at the end of the season at cornerback however he's one of the few returning players in the secondary to start the big 12 who had some level of statistics he becomes the preseason pick for a cornerback and hey let's throw a party get it that's cool injured it's unfortunate you reported the surgery it's a unique thing right west virginia facilitates it supports it woods comes back and he's credited for positive performances by the defense. And Jordan Leslie saying, "When your best player is back, when your leader is out there, you can do more things." And then it quickly turns. The most unusual announcement here, Chris, is not as you recapped on your on your post game pod number one of two, doing it on Senior Day before the final regular season game. Kind of a, a um, like a middle finger to the whole situation, really, but. Announcing a commitment is coming soon. Is this is this that far down the road? He
1: knows where he's going next. I think so. What do you recall uh, before Woods even announced that on social media? I sent you a DM on Twitter, yeah, of a message that he sent to Nick Troy Fortune, who was at UT San Antonio, saying "See you soon, bud," or something to that effect. Something about seeing you soon. And I thought, hmm, that's odd. And then, a short time later, he announces that he's—you know—he announces, "Thank you, WVU commitment coming soon." He's from Dallas. San Antonio is not too far from Dallas. This guy connects, he's got connections to the coaching staff. Like I, I've said it before, like all this stuff gets worked out behind the scenes. Like you're. You know, a player's former high school coach reaches out to uh, another college coach that they talked to before or his trainer talks to an assistant coach at a school and so on. All this stuff, it happens all the time. It's why windows are whatever. Like, I don't know what they actually mean. Um, And and it's going to happen. But the fact that, you know, he was playing in a game, you know, 10 days before that, 12 days before that and like how how quickly does this work or were you actively talking to other schools while still playing in football games for WVU um, i don't know <laughs> it's just weird times we live in i don't know what you do
0: like they can they can pitch fits about tampering but i mean it's 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 hard to do that prove it that's that's something else too we'll see where he goes that's just kind of like the, uh, the 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 epilogue, I guess. The the story here is that it's just a weird look. I don't know how much it really matters here, too, but it might not be done too. December fifth is going to be a very interesting day. The transfer portal opens. There are indications. I mean, beyond the obvious that it's twenty twenty two. West Virginia is a sub five hundred football program, and listen, a lot may change by the time that we do our next football podcast or or soon thereafter. Don't have to add more than that, but like obviously this is a volatile situation. Who knows who goes into that portal soon? But well there's a lot of smoke about C.J.
1: Donaldson, huh? We can't see through it. What do we suspect is happening? Yeah, so this was something that you know people. Uh, I you know Saturday night did the post game stuff. I had to run. My wife was putting on a little party for some friends that I needed to be at, <clears throat> and. Then I come back at the end of the night to 15 tags, a bunch of DMs, just, oh, my God, have you seen this? And our board is, is up and spoke about some, maybe CJ Donaldson deleted some WVU stuff from his Instagram. But, oh, wait, actually, maybe he didn't because his Instagram has been quiet for months now. So not entirely sure what the story was on that. But, you know, so I reached out to some people, um, several uh, from as I put in my post Monday morning or Sunday night, excuse me um, from Morgantown to Miami high school coach college coaches uh, fellow writers that that cover recruiting in the areas and the story was consistent uh, i don 't want to say too consistent, but the story was consistent in that he has not informed the wV coaches that he 's leaving, but this week he is back going to be back in miami it 's thanksgiving break at wvu and You know, it's not it's certainly not different or unique for a player who is out long term with an injury to not be with the team during this time. That happens. Um, And but probably the worst possible time as far as WVU is concerned for him to be down there because he's going to be back home and West Virginia might be firing their coach. Uh, There's turmoil and there's going to be people down there in Miami. Hey, how's that ankle doing? sure would look good as a hurricane here in a few months, that kind of stuff. And I think that's, you know, you got to watch out for this next week. The next week is going to be important. And West Virginia is going to try and stay in touch. But how much can you blame Donaldson here? You know, his, his lead recruiter, his best connection and potential position coach was Travis Trickett, who then took an offensive coordinator job at South Florida. So before he ever even stepped on campus, his main connection And his, at the time, likely position coach was gone. Then he gets on campus, switches positions, has some success, then gets hurt twice, both of them pretty scary. And now maybe the entire coaching staff's gone. Everybody that ever talked to him, recruited him, or coached him could be out of the program. Like, eh, can you blame the kid? But, again, these people all from all different walks of life, many of them very close to CJ Donaldson telling me just because Neil Brown might get fired does not mean he's definitely gone. He is going to wait and see and check out the situation, see what's going on. Um, So West Virginia is going to have to make a pitch basically to try to re recruit them, which that's again, part of the new normal. Uh, We saw it last winter. Uh, I reported it. You know, Sam James, Bryce Ford Wheaton uh, were both one foot out the door and West Virginia had to re-recruit them to stay. Hey, hold on. Got something brewing. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator. Just give us some time. And it worked. So this is something that coaching staffs have to do now, and it's going to continue to happen. It probably happens. It definitely happens even more times than we report. So just because it starts leaking out, just because someone changes their Instagram header photo, doesn't mean it's an absolute done deal, but just keep an eye on things. Is that what we're doing? We're using Instagram as a source? That was it. That was what the entirety of Saturday Night's Meltdown was, was that somebody said he deleted all of his WVU stuff from his Instagram.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, I went a little beyond that and had talks with people, and they're like, it's, it's an issue. It's a concern. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Nothing as with the depth of what you've done here, but like, I didn't know it was that, that was the flashpoint here too. Uh We can get into some of that stuff here in a minute as well. Last year when they had their seemingly annual exodus of players going, just I think I asked the question, I know we talked about it before. I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm certain I asked the question. You have to find a way to retain players. Like you have to, sure. It's going to happen. Players are going to go in the portal it's inevitable and maybe it's more likely at a place like West Virginia. And you can probably speak to that a little bit here, Chris, when it comes to the players you bring in, but that you can't just kind of like cross your arms and be like, well, it happened again, son of a gun. You really have to install some sort of mechanism to retain players. Like even if you have one, it's not working. So you have to install a bigger one, a better one, a more efficient one, a more effective one. I have no idea what they've done to that end because we haven't seen the off season yet, but They've had like a year head start on this um, to to make sure they're prepared for December 5. And it may not matter, Like they may have the best idea ever conceived and they may not get to execute it because they may not be here. We'll see. But at the very least, there has to be something there. And I really wonder what their what their plan is. And it might just be a business card for the proprietors of Country Roads Trust and like call this number here and enter this at the extension prompt. Um, you know, maybe CJ Donaldson's extension is twelve, right? And he goes in and says, Here, come here at this time and collect your bag. Something like that. Like there just has to be a way to do this. And I don't know, I don't know what they've done. We'll see It's probably not a great question to ask right now in the offseason. But the answer to the question about them was, yeah, retention is a huge thing. You can recruit all the players you want, and the goal could be to develop them. You can't retain them, it doesn't do you any good. And that's kind of the situation they were at last year, and they had so many people leaving. And here you go, and it it may just be starting that cycle again. Uh, That that could be problematic. We'll see. Um, Is this problem more unique? I shouldn't say more unique. Is this problem more specific to a place like West Virginia for, I don't know, certain variables here that maybe West Virginia has no control over but could have a better way to manage them? post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at NewBalance.com.
1: This is something that the staff had identified, at least part of it, previously, because I had a conversation back in the summer about how they had the data that showed, and I'm trying to remember the exact numbers. I think it was 300 miles, and it was basically for every 10, 20, 50 miles over 300 miles away from the school that the player comes from for every, whatever miles it was over that point, increase the percent, the percent chance of them transferring increased by X, 10%, 15%. Makes sense. You know, you're further away from home, more likely you are to transfer closer to the school. Maybe you grew up as a fan, more likely to stay. Um, But there's another angle of it that kind of, as I was discussing it with our, our members last night, take that, and then also add in the fact of some of these players who, even when they are in high school, maybe think that they are too good for WVU. They think they should be playing at, you know, Alabama, Georgia, whatever. But their talent or their tape or their production in high school doesn't back that up. And then it ends up that their quote unquote best offer is WVU. They take that WVU offer, And then what happens? Go back and look at the players from last year's class, last year's transfer portal cycle, the ones who left, who were contributors. I'm not talking guys who were, you know, third string tight end that, you know, left because they're not going to play. I'm talking about guys who were starters, major contributors, Akeem Mesador, Nick Troy Fortune, Josh Chandler, Daryl Porter, Jackie Matthews. Look at those guys. And then look at who West Virginia beat for them out of high school. Key Mesador came down to basically WVU and Syracuse. So, yeah, you know, West Virginia's the best offer, took the best offer. Uh, granted, I think it came down more than that because he connected with the coaches. The coaches really worked hard. His coaches also left, uh, the guys that recruited him. So there's more than that. But think about the offer part of this. Your biggest offer, WVU, you take it. You have a big year, big couple years. And then, OK, now time to step up. Nick Troy Fortune, I believe his final two or three was like UVA and Kansas State. <clears throat> again, two good schools, but are those two programs viewed as quote bigger than West Virginia? No. Uh, Josh Chandler, bunch of max schools. You know, West Virginia beat out Bowling Green and Toledo for Josh Chandler. Daryl Porter, West Virginia beat out Washington State. Uh, again, solid program, but bigger than West Virginia? No. Jackie Matthews, I think out of junior college, his. Next best offer was South Alabama. So he jumps on West Virginia. It, that's, that's, you know, it's a recurring theme here. You're going outside of this zone. You look at all these guys, everybody but Chandler is outside of that 300 mile radius that I was talking about. And West Virginia was by far their best offer out of high school. So they went far away for. The biggest reason being, well, that's the biggest football program offer I got, so I'll just take it, had a good year, and then they think they deserve to play somewhere else. And, and that was how one coach put it to me, was that West Virginia is in the unenviable situation of a lot of these guys think they are Alabama, Georgia good. They're probably West Virginia good. And then they go to West Virginia and are good and then think, that means they should move up to Alabama or Georgia and it just doesn't work out.
0: I think the answer here is a lot, but what level of activity do you expect from
1: West Virginia into the portal on December 5th? I think I've already cleared my calendar and set aside an entire day for that because in, and you you put it in my head here before we ever hopped on the podcast. I think it's, it's, it's smart, especially with the coaching situation. Even if you, you know, there's going to be guys that are like, yeah, I've, have already made up their mind that they're transferring. I mean, guys that have already announced it, you know, like uh, Mumu Bin wahad Corbin Page, Charles Woods. They're not technically in the portal right now. They will be in there December 5th. So they will show up on December 5th. So will a few other guys probably that have already made up their mind and are leaving. But then there's going to be the coaching situation and whether or not there's going to be new coaches or anything like that. So I would expect, again, this is a credit to you on this one, um, put your name in there, like at least see what's going on while you wait to see what happens at West Virginia. Uh, I think there's going to be some some moves like that, and that's not anything you know new. And I don't think it's a bad thing. And I think a lot of those guys would end up that if anybody did that, they'd end up coming back. But it wouldn't surprise me if there was a huge run of players entering the transfer portal. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, and but I'd also warn you know all the fans like listen like if you see you know, 30 people enter the portal on that December 5th, like don't assume that all 30 are gone. Like there, there is still the option to, you know, return to school. It didn't happen as much previously, but when you have a coaching change and when you have these new portal windows, I think you're going to see a lot more of that now than you have in previous years. So I've used this poor kid as an example, the entire
0: season, and it's, it's not been fair, but I'll just do it again. If you're Jacoby Spells, put your name in. Just do it because you're out there. You're a pretty talented recruit from not long ago. People know who you are and they know, wait a minute, he might be able to leave. Listen, your your new head coach may love you. Your new head coach may be your current head coach. Who knows? But you kind of owe it to yourself to know what the what the landscape is. It's like free agency. It really is. Like that's something that people haven't really talked about is that like, it's free agency and that you may be taking the highest bid from people, but like, no, put yourself on the market. You're available. You're exercising that option in your contract. doesn't mean you got to go, but you should look out there and be like, wait a minute, you know, this team that's near me or this, this, this coach that recruited me has a need, has a want. I can go to a winner. That's an option. And if it's better than the situation here, which may be, you know, this new defensive coordinator from a new head coaching staff. Well, I didn't think I'd like him, but golly, I do. I'm gonna stay. Like that's it. And then number one, number two, what's the leverage to get someone to go or stay? Again, that comes from NIL, probably. So you owe it to yourself to play the game right now, I think. So I would expect a lot of it, but I would think, as as you said, Chris, do not be alarmed. One, it may be a natural thing at West Virginia if there's a head coaching vacancy or uncertainty. They probably owe themselves. The football program, at least, they may up up their mind before then, but players are going to be, I would think, smart to at least explore the option. The other thing is that you can do it without having to go in the portal, let's be honest. Um, people know enough reporters to get phone numbers for assistant coaches or to get information to or from assistant coaches or other programs. You can really make this happen that way. Um, should be interesting to see. The big challenge, I think, for Neil Brown this week is that, um, man, it's a weird season that doesn't have a true open week. Don't forget, like, these kids never got to go home for a weekend because they're off weekend before the Baylor game. They are actually practicing because they played that Thursday. And now you're on campus with, like, nobody else here. Students are gone. You're not playing at home Saturday. You're going to Stillwater against a team that's beaten you seven straight years. You can't go to a bowl game. Your head coach is in question mark status. This is the difficult one for Brown. I don't know how he keeps it together, but that's a huge challenge this week. I'm not saying he can't. I just don't know how he does it. So how he makes practices lively, productive, how, how do they just keep kids holding the rope this week? We'll see. Don't know.
1: Last one, Chris, yeah. we'll go. Oh, go uh-huh. ahead. No, I was going to say, if, if they end up winning this game on Saturday and he ends up you know having to find a new job, I would include this game near the top of the resume for the new job because you're right. This is almost an impossible situation for him. Just a few minutes on this. Are you ready? Yep. It'll be about two weeks
0: from the firing of Shane Lyons that they win or lose Saturday against Oklahoma State, but the football season is over. Ugh. I would not be surprised to have an athletic director, which means I would not be surprised they act on a football coach one way or the other. You can probably tell which way the, the wind is blowing here, but um, how how likely do you think an AD hire is and how important do you think specific to the, their time from a three to four weeks, being within that three to four weeks of being right around the end of the regular season? Because Black Monday is Black Monday for a reason. There's going to be a lot of coaches who are on the market.
1: Yeah, I think it, the best case scenario here is for West Virginia to have an athletic director. I mean, the best case scenario is to make the best hire regardless of timeline. But if you can get a good hire and get it in this week, and then you make your decision on a coach one way or the other by next week, that at least gives either Neil Brown or the new coach a handful of days to meet and talk with players before that December 5th uh, transfer portal. It gives them a couple of weekends to do recruiting before the early signing period, because again, regardless of who your coach is, if you lose all your talent, it, from your roster to the transfer portal, and you're unable to sign a recruiting class because you still don't know who your head coach is. Like, there's no coming, like, there's no quick fix on that. And, oh, yeah, transfer portal, still so a bit. Yeah, transfer portal won't be open again until after spring football. So, if you don't have something in place and figured out in time to at least have a couple of weeks there before the signing period and before the transfer portal window closes. You've, you know, put whoever the coach is behind everyone else, behind everyone else in college football for the entirety of the spring before he can even have a chance to try to add to it. And if you do that, you put himself behind several months for the spring, then you're going in the next fall and you're behind. And then there's, again, there's nobody to blame, but the people up top for that. And that's why I think if they're smart, they get something done quick so that whoever the coach is, whether it's Neil Brown or someone else, they have a few days to try to salvage what the talent that's on the roster and add to it in the next couple of weeks.
0: It'll be a busy week around here. I think they're gonna really try to to get the wheels going and try to get this thing, never mind, on the ground, but race them down the runway so they can they can take off on the schedule you have just laid out there because it's it's critical. I don't think people realize what the transfer portal windows do, as you just explained right there. So that'll be big. Uh names. We've mentioned him um, had that Monday afternoon, a, a number of them. I think some of them are probably crossed off a couple are higher. Uh, there, there's a name that just doesn't have a chance that we threw out there just as a hypothetical that is being reported as a possibility um, to that person's amusement, I would say. So that is pretty funny, but I don't expect a surprise on this one here. Like it may not be something that you think, but like it will make sense. I think we'll see. And then it may also justify why it's happened so quickly. It's a good job. It is. And in a weird way the the suddenness of getting rid of Shane Lyons makes you kind of lean forward in your chair and say, what's going on there. And you can look at it a number of ways and say, well, their NIL isn't good. Their fundraising has been bad. Football's in trouble, but they're taking it seriously. I think that's the spin that West Virginia is trying to put on it. Yeah. This is urgent and immediate because it is urgent and immediate and you're the person to fix it. Why is there a vacancy? Well, why wouldn't you want to fill it? Like why can't you be the person to fix the problems that we've identified And you see where the conversation goes from there. Again, good job. There's only 65 of these in the power five. One of them's open right now. And you get to, you get to control the biggest decision AD gets to make, which is hiring a football coach. And then that is your, that's kind of your talisman for your time in charge, which was maybe not the best for Shane Lyons, but can be for whomever succeeds him.
1: Anything else, Chris? No, I'm with you on that. I think the athletic director, you're right. Like, only, only a handful of those jobs. Only a handful, even fewer, that have the facilities and everything that West Virginia has. And then throw in, like you said, the ability to hire your own head coach of football. Like I mean, even when they hire new athletic directors at other schools, they don't often get that opportunity to make their own hired head coach for football, which is, as you said, the biggest one they can make. And then it's also a good job for a football coach. You know, again, if 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 Neil Brown is out and they need to find a new football coach. You are coming in with some of the best facilities in the Big 12, some of the best facilities in Power Five football. You have some good young talent on the roster. You have a good uh, recruiting class that you might be able to salvage most of if you come in and, and if you get the opportunity to come in and, and convince them. So, and somebody pointed out to me, QB situation could be nice. You know, if Green's coming back, maybe Nico's like, all right, I, I've redshirted. Let me come back for the spring to try to get the starting job. And then, it's unclear if Daniels can really even leave at this point without a waiver. So maybe he's back and you really have an option at quarterback if you're a new coach too. So good good jobs for both people. So I think you're going to get good candidates. Daniels did not walk on senior day. He did
0: not. Interesting. Um, I think he would come back if Graham Harrell was retained or if there's the right coach in charge. We'll see. Uh, You mentioned one word I did not, facilities. The thing I've gotten people talking over the past week, it is a drag for a new AD to come in to have to get to know the job and the people and go out and raise money. Like, you don't know me, but give me some money because I got to build some stuff. That's taken care of here. That is a big, big asset for West Virginia in this search right now. So that is something they can go out there and say, hey, you can actually work on staffing and NIL and fundraising for at-large purposes, not specific. We got to get our facilities right purposes. So hard work's done in that regard. Hard work may be just beginning for us, Chris. I'm ready. Here you? I'm ready. I'm never ready for this. We'll see. <laughs> We'll be back later in the week with some basketball talk, preview of the Oklahoma State game Saturday. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza, And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you then.